Another week, another show here at the Big Gold Belt Podcast. I'm here. I'm the host here with my fellow compadres, Hill, Will Mahoney, Jamal, the Giant Crab, and actually Silly Sellers is here with us. Um, he's just going to be just a slight delay, but he'll be jumping on in a second. But uh, for the other two fellas, what's up, guys? How y'all doing? Well, first of all, what's your name? I don't think you mentioned that. Uh, did I not? Nope. <laughs> I, you know, I just forget sometimes. Well, my name. Your name? My name is Two James, and I am your host here tonight for the show. Um, yeah, so I got that over with. Okay, so how you guys doing? Uh, cool. Uh, ready to uh, go on vacation? Hey, can't beat that. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> this this week was a mess for me, and it's finally like calmed down. So I am quite glad to be here tonight. This has been a roller coaster of a week, and yeah. now it's like finally like even and out, and feeling like okay. We're almost at the end of this thing. I can handle this. <laughs> yeah, that seems kind of fitting, considering that the weather has been very all over the place out here, too. You get 60 degrees, you get snow, and you just never know what you're going to get. But yeah, I, I do concur. It's been definitely crazy few work weeks for me, but things seem to be smoothing out a little bit. So, But um, as always, we try to give you guys some content each and every week. This is going to be our weekly episode with a couple of, uh, a lot of things to really talk about. In the world of professional wrestling uh first off i'm going to start off by making a few announcements first announcement will be definitely uh you guys stop by and um give our patreon page some love we got um i give a shout out to our patreon back in english who definitely showed some love for us uh last week and you can see the tears on there you can see the things you can get um so you definitely want to check that out and uh, we're definitely going to be uh ramping up the material and content on that like real soon like wrestlemania season soon we're going to be having a lot of exclusive stuff on there so you want to definitely check that out um and you can find all that information on our website at biggoldbellgroup.com also on that website go check out our merch section that is live and in that actually if you're a patron you get a little bit of discount on that merch so you definitely want to check that out get you some bgb merch tons of shirts different style of shirts hoodies all that other good stuff so check that out and uh, for announcement for uh, coming for next week, you definitely want to tune in because next week will be our second roundtable all-star wrestling panel uh, show where we're going to be featuring three other podcasts um, within the wrestling community. Well-respected, well-hard-work, good, good content, very knowledgeable people um, that will be joining us um, featuring um, thecheershot.com. With my guy Greg, we have Ant with from the Ant Rant with Ant podcast, and then we have Andrew with Mad Men, um, and his show. So you definitely want to tune it out because we will be doing that. Um, and you know, if you want to get a mist of what that's about, check out our first roundtable podcast show, what we did um, a few weeks ago, and all that content you can find on all our page and all that other good stuff. So that's with the announcements for the week. Uh, unless you guys think I missed anything. Did I? I think you got it all. That's okay. all, the, all. All all the housekeeping. 
to okay, get the cool. show started. Yeah, cool. Okay, well, I forget my name, but I don't forget these announcements. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's get into it for the week. Now, we do know it is the road to WrestleMania, and that just means that in all the professional wrestling, a lot of things are shifting around. We just went through a little free agency period. Uh, we're still seeing a few more changes happening about um, everybody's vamping up to have their big show, which all roads will lead into New Jersey, New York area come first week of April. But um, the big eyes are on um, WWE. And if you're keeping a look on to their weekly uh, programming, like, you know, and I, and I, I chatted with Will a little bit before we got on the show tonight. Like, I think we all agree that things just feel different this year in the booking there's been news there's been some speculation um sort of saying obviously there's the internet bookers out there in the world that you know got their insiders whatever it may be but absolutely to me will concurs and I, jamal just recently said it himself too like we all agree that things just seems a little bit different this year going into the road to wrestlemania so you know for our first topic for tonight we will talk about how booking just feels different and you know it seems like maybe they're trying different stuff. So Jamal, let's let's get into the point that you were going to make for the show start about this uh, this period. Well, yeah, I mean, like we are about a month away from WrestleMania, and obviously the road, which starts at uh, Royal Rumble in January, we haven't really seen major things booked as we you know, seeds have been sprinkled for WrestleMania. Uh, you know, obviously the big championship matches. Uh, you can kind of guess and say, like, okay, well, obviously the championship match is going to be there. But honestly, a lot of the stuff, we definitively, we don't have any matches booked at all. Like, I can't think of one match that's actually booked on the card where we can say that's a WrestleMania match. We don't have a card yet. And we definitely don't have even have a pre-show, let alone a card. So I guess the question really is, uh, a lot of things have fallen into the lap of WWE. Uh, Kofi coming out of nowhere to do a thing. Um, you know, Daniel Bryan uh, and Kevin Owens. Uh, well, not Kevin. Kevin Owens coming back, as we've seen recently. Uh, Daniel Bryan and, and his uh, reign of champion. Uh, a lot of questions uh, a month out, and a usual amount of questions a month out. So I, I guess, how do you feel about the booking or lack thereof as we're on the road to WrestleMania? And does this set a precedent? as the road to WrestleMania seems to be a lot shorter this year, only really starting in March. Hmm. Well, we're, we're five weeks out. Now, one thing that I keep going back to in my head that's changed in recent years is we have this darn March pay-per-view now, Fastlane, <laughs> that we never, you know, up until a couple years ago, we never had it before. So that ever since that show's come around, I think that's kind of thrown a monkey wrench into things somewhat because they're like, well, we got this one more show we got a book before it's a clear path to WrestleMania. And it used to just be Elimination Chamber, then boom, you know, you had a good six weeks, seven weeks until WrestleMania. So the Fastlane show, I always go back to this. I'm like, that show just does not need to exist <laughs> as a pay-per-view. It really doesn't serve any purpose. It, I mean, if anything, as far as the WrestleMania goes, build build goes. I think it creates a speed bump because it forces them to have to hold off a little bit on really pu pushing the pedal down because they got this one more show to get through. Um, so I think that's part of it is that just the the roadmap now is a little different than it used to be. 
So we kind of know what the title matches are going to be. But at the same time, it's like, well, we can't lock them in yet because we got to get through the fast lane first where, you know, a couple things might change. And I think that's part of why it's a little strange now to feel like, hey, it's March and we don't exactly know what's going to happen at WrestleMania yet. Well, it's not that we don't know. It's just that we don't we act, we have no components of WrestleMania actually set in stone as the as the, the direction of the show. It's all up in the air. Every aspect of the show is up in the air. And I think regardless of fast lane, it's kind of like that's unprecedented for WWE, right? I mean to be this far along. Yeah, outside of like odd years where they had like issues with injuries or stuff, stuff like that, where things got thrown out, thrown out of whack. It's like, yeah, it's definitely odd. Like, like the ladies, the big ladies match with Ronda and Becky, and we assuming Charlotte, like that's not locked in yet. I mean, at this point right now, Becky's still suspended in storyline. So that's not even like a real match at this point. You know, I, th- I think the only real match we have is like what Lesnar and Rollins. Yeah. That's it. It's the only official real match on the card. Um, yeah, everything else is still very much in place storyline wise. They definitely moved some more pieces into place this week, but they still haven't locked stuff in. And I think I would think in the next week or two that's going to happen. But it is weird that like, you know, you can kind of, oh, I guess they're going to do this. I guess they're going to do that. But we don't know for sure yet. So like the heavy hype and promotion isn't there yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's that's what makes it the most uh, interesting bit about it is that I don't know if this is a good or bad thing. Um, you know, instead of saying, "Well, hey, this is the WrestleMania match that we want or don't want," and complain about what we have, um, I'm not necessarily complaining about what we don't have because it gives us a reason to watch. But it is kind of like, well, what where do they go from here? And a, a lot of that has to do with injury and and, and things, but what we know on the other side of WrestleMania uh, can affect how that show gets booked. We know that Ronda Rousey uh, really wants to take some time off after WrestleMania. We know that Dean Ambrose's um, contract expires in April. Uh, We know that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn uh, are back uh, sooner than later. Owens last week, Sami Zayn after WrestleMania, shortly after WrestleMania. So how does that um, uh, change the direction of their show, and, I, and really, honestly, it's it's probably the most intriguing build, the build that never was in in a quite some time. Now, there there is that I guess to kind of be said. We're like, there's there's the one way of going about it where it's like, okay, Royal Rumble happens, and then kind of bang, you know what the show, you know what it's going to be two months yeah. out, yeah. and it's all locked in, and it's just okay, we do some angles, but you know what it's going to be. This is much more of a deal where. They're leaving you hanging. They're giving you a good idea, but they're changing it as we go along. First, it's Becky versus uh, Ronda. Then now it's like, no, now we're taking Becky out. Now here's Charlotte. Now it's Charlotte versus Ronda. Then it's like Ronda doesn't want, want wants to face Becky again. So now she's putting the title down. So they're like, they're they're mixing it up. They're not letting you know exactly. You know, they're keeping the ground uneven. Is what they're doing. And then mm-hmm. you got people returning left and right to like you know, throw their two cents in, or you got Kofi coming out of nowhere and, and making a name for himself, you know, totally unexpectedly. So they're definitely doing a, they're doing it in a different way that in a lot of ways, I guess, if you think 
the old school way of you lock it in around Royal Rumble at the end of January, and you got all of February, all of March, which now covers two pay per views. It probably does make more sense to do it this way because you got two months of stories you gotta tell. Otherwise, it's just here's WrestleMania. It's in two months. <laughs> so what do you do? What do you do for the next two months? You know, especially when you have a network now where you're trying to sell. You know, you want pe- you don't want people to just like unsubscribe for like till Mania. I'm sure plenty do, but obviously they want people to stick around and be invested in watching. So I think this is the way they're trying to go about that, where it's like there's more moving pieces coming into play. And probably once we're, you know, four to probably four weeks out, they'll probably lock in the top of the card. I think we're a week or two away from it happening. Yeah, Yeah. I I, I don't know. This is an interesting conversation to me because, like, I do notice that things feel different. I just can't put my finger on why, but absolutely do. It is. It does feel like one of the, one of the first years in a while that um, us as fans can't say, "Oh, this is exactly what the card's going to be this 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 far out or even beyond." Also, roadblock, fast lane, whatever it may be, I am definitely sick of them. Like it is absolutely, <laughs> it's a Roman Reigns pay per view because every year he's the flyer, he's the main figure flyer person for, and it just be like, I'm okay with that pay per view never happening. So <laughs> here we go again. Another one and another year, just like, well, I wish they weren't doing it, but yeah, I guess, I guess I, not. I almost get the feeling that the reason that show exists now is simply because they're like, we have to have a pay per view every month on the network. I almost <laughs> think that's the, I almost think that's the entire reason it exists because otherwise there wouldn't be a show in March. I think that's all it comes down to. If WrestleMania for some reason was a couple weeks earlier and was happening, you know, like, end of March instead of first week of April, they probably wouldn't have it. They probably ax it, mm. but I don't know. Just a, just a theory that just occurred to me for why the heck fast lane <laughs> exists in the first place. Yeah. Not anyway, a, not a fan, but anyway, just speaking more about the book and it's there. Well, well, let's talk about some other news too. So, um, the biggest news coming out of WWE this week is obviously the, the return of Roman Reigns. I just took a, he, uh, he left in November, um, and obviously he came out about his uh, about his cancer returning. Um, and he mentioned it wasn't a retirement speech, but he just needs some time to uh, to um, to go through treatment and stuff like that. Anyway, he returned this week, saying that his cancer was in remission, um, and you know got a huge a pop innovation into the. End of that segment end up being him and uh, Rollins on the top of the ramp. Um, so, but again with this, like you know, he comes out and he, I think he, I, I thought his promo was was okay. You know, he kind of spoke from our. It wasn't like it was like a really progressive, like typical promo. You know, reinstating his dominance back in in in, in the WWE. But nonetheless, I feel like. You know, the way they handled this was also very different and untraditional WWE where they just they're slowly it feels like they're slowly reinserting him instead of him quickly being back. And, you know, they're already booking match for him already of getting the shield back together. Everything just feels like really progressively like it just feels different. I mean, I don't know. It's 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 it's, it's kind of hard to elaborate on at times because it's just like it's. You know, if you close your eyes, you didn't know anybody. It doesn't feel like it's the typical WrestleMania season. This feels like maybe more of a down season of them still shuffling around things they want to do. While big names are returning, they're doing a lot of shuffling with NXT people. 
it just it just feels different. But um, well, I know you wanted to say something about this as well with Roman, like how it just felt a little off to you. I wouldn't say so much it felt off, but what it felt as far as far as the promo goes for his returning, I wouldn't even call it a promo. It just felt like they let him go out there and like deliver the news that he had to deliver. And I thought it felt like a very honest, very real. As far as wrestling goes, you know, this I felt it felt like a very, you know, pardon the pun, it felt like a very raw and real moment of him going out there and having his mom out there in the crowd and mm-hmm. just him going just the, the look on his face from him coming out the ramp to going around the ring high five and everybody. I mean, it very the thing that really struck me before he even said anything is it really looked like one, he was overwhelmed mm-hmm. by the reception, and also two. It looked like a weight was coming off him, like just just the tension. He was so tense coming out Mm -hmm. and just as he got out there and just went around and like gave everybody high fives. It just like he got more and more comfortable and it just looked like that. That was the biggest thing I noticed. It looked like a really, truly, you know, it it was a real moment. It wasn't Mm -hmm. some manufactured like thing. And then the promo was just, you know, hey, I'm saying, hey, I'm back. I'm in remission. Thanks for the thanks for the support. And that was it. As far as that one, I think they handled that perfectly. They didn't mm-hmm. they didn't try to do any shtick like having, you know, Baron Corbin come out there and get in his space. They just had him they had him do his moment and get out of there. And then yeah. they did some stuff later, but they, they had that moment speak for itself. And I thought for for WWE, that was kind of, you know, especially considering a lot of the stuff they'll pull nowadays. It was it, I think it showed some remarkable restraint on their part to just okay. have him speak from the heart and have his moment, say he's back and then just cut, go to commercial. We'll do something later, but let that moment stand on its own. That was my my feeling on it. Yeah. Well, you know, the internet, Twitter, medical doctors say that this is virtually impossible. Right. And <laughs> and they they feel like maybe this was all just a hoax because um <laughs> because he still has all his hair and he he he, he uh and he um filmed the movie and he still has body mass. So it is it is very it is very baffling to me how people you know can take something such as this and just can go completely haywire in their assumptions and you know even go as far as like you know your beliefs is your belief but even going as far as slandering other people motives and stuff saying like this is a typical Vince thing for ratings and you know, there's no way he could have cancer and return as fast. Blah 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 blah. Um, and I know you've been having a field day with this online with people as well too. But just like, <laughs> but like, it, it, it is a, it is a, it is, it is a good thing. Um, for him as a person, um, him as a character, him as the Roman Reigns character. You know, um, it, you know, for him to be able to share that. Um and, and and obviously the good news and get back into the rhythm things good for him good for him to be able to get back in the ring, um, we'll see how we'll see how his fans his how how do I want to say this, like we'll we'll see if his amount of fans tilt a little bit towards his favor considering this you know does he does this automatically you know provide him you know the outlet of being the true face and receive cheers like he's never had, you know, regardless of his personal life, like, you know, being able to come back, anybody loves a good story coming back, regardless, it, it helps feels that, um, it helps feels that energy. Wonder if that 
absolutely gets them to the point of where they've been trying to land with him for a while? Or how do you actually, how do you think this does play out? Well, th- that's been the, that's been the, re- the weird criticism for, for, for the people who are being suspicious. And I keep seeing throwing out there is the, you know, Vince did this to get him cheered, you know, and like you said, there's people speculating that there's no way he could be back in four months and he didn't lose his hair and all this. And there, there was a really good tweet the next morning by a legitimate like leukemia foundation that like really just put out some facts about, hey, there's different forms of leukemia. Some of them are, are deadly and really serious. And there's other ones that are, you know, it's a chronic condition, but you can absolutely treat it. And it's not any kind of, you know, thing that won't stop you from being an athlete or anything. There's there's a couple notable players in the NHL who've had a, a, a treat, leukemia and, and straight up like, haven't even missed games. It's just, it just depends, you know, there's different forms of it. Like, like any cancer, it's still cancer. It doesn't change that part of it, but it just, you know, like any, like any type of disease, there's varying degrees of it. And he didn't say what form of it he has. And by no means is Roman Reigns obligated to share that if he doesn't want to. The the part that kind of got me was just, there's definitely a number of people out there this week that were, very, they kept, they kept very, very careful what they want. They know they get very defensive if you said, you know, so what are you saying? He's faking cancer. Oh, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm just suspicious. And it's like, <laughs> well, what do you mean? You, what do you mean you're suspicious? And they didn't want to say he's faking it, but they're pretty much beating around the bush and saying that. And it's like, yeah. there's no way I can imagine a publicly traded company that's no, that is extensively involved with cancer charities now, multiple cancer charities at that, even daring to touch that, especially with The Rock being involved. Because, I mean, this is bigger than just WWE. I mean, the number of people that have been involved in this whole thing mm-hmm. with this story, it goes there. It, it's it's across the board. So it's the, you got The Rock involved in it. Well, you got his family involved with it. You got the the, the promotion for Hobbs and the, the movie. Sure. Mm-hmm. Hobbs and Shaw involved in it. Talk, I mean, all this stuff. So th- there's no way I can. This isn't the 1980s. I can't see WWE daring to go there because straight up, if they did, it would sink them. It would destroy them as a company if yeah. that came out. It's too outlandish of, a, of an idea in yeah. my mind that they would go that far. So, but but it's just weird. The people who were were who were really pushing that narrative this week, they're the people that like. I, if Roman did like share his medical records, they still wouldn't believe it. In my mind, they, they'd come up, they'd move the goalposts in some way to where you know, no, 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 that's you know, Vince was had those fabricated, or that's something else, and that no, no, there's no way. You know, that's the people who are who are are be promoting that idea. I there's the people who you know, probably from the beginners, like you know, we don't like this guy, so this is our latest thing that we can dig our heels in on. You yeah. Know? against Roman Reigns being shoved down our throat, you know, to, to go back to that narrative forever <laughs> today. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's back. They did the little segment at the end of the show with him and, uh, with him and Seth and Dean, where he saved Dean. He came out and got physical through some Superman punches and a spear. Mm-hmm. But I, the one other thing I'll mention that we were talking about as far as how they're promoting things differently in the booking is that they were very, they showed restraint and that they didn't have the shield get back together immediately. On Monday night, they had him and him and Seth together, but they still had them upset with Dean. We didn't have the big fist bump 
you know, to close the show, which I could totally imagine in the last couple of years, they totally would have went all the way. I'm like, no, we got to yeah. get the shield back together yeah. immediately. And they didn't do that. That, that, that I was happy with too, that they're, they're, they're definitely not going overboard with the booking like yeah. they have in the past. Yeah. Okay, so I, I forget the rumor, and maybe you guys can help me collaborate this story a little bit together. So obviously, Arn Anderson got fired, and uh, Bruce Pitcher got rehired. Yes, and I believe a lot is being said that a lot of the tone changes because of the change there. Now, the one thing I will say that I'm noticing is that you talk about the Roman Reigns thing. Well, before he left, they had a storyline that they was kind of driving towards, um, and Dean has been all over the place. I mean. If you want to talk about the biggest win for Roman coming back, it seems it, it seems to probably be Dean now being able to go back to being a face, possibly. And um, you know, everyone likes the show being back together. And obviously, you can go back to the original storyline that they had. Kevin Owens return seems to be able to put him right back in the midst of things with him and the McMahon storyline that they had. So it just seems like a lot of like quick reset. Or change of idea, we have more personnel available. Let's do this type of thing. Um, it just, you know, again, like like we like we said already, it just seems like typically it's already after the rumble or maybe after the elimination chamber, it's a lock to what we're getting. But now with so many pieces b- being able to come back or return or uh or um be promoted to the main roster, things just seem like they they got the old mentality or old plan back and they're trying to push that. Um, and then they got wild cards, but you got people who's getting a lot of attention out of nowhere, such as Kofi, that changes plans as well, too. Um, or so the it, ultimate wild card this week, Big Dave Batista. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, up out of nowhere. Yeah, which was a great, which was a great old school type swerve where they get to Ric Flair's birthday party at the end of Raw, and everyone's thinking, heck, I was saying that as soon as, she, as soon as Becky got pulled out of the building, I was like, oh, Becky's getting smuggled back in there in a birthday cake. She's going <laughs> to jump out. She's going to jump on Ric Flair, just like, just like you would expect. And lo and behold, the party comes. There's no Becky, but Big Dave shows up in the back and jumps Ric yeah. Flair, and suddenly it's Big Dave and Triple H all over again. That, yeah. that was so perfectly done. Which just isn't hasn't been par for the course lately for them. We yeah. just you know throwing that little twist in that you didn't see coming, and whether Bruce Pritchard had that much to do with this, I don't know. I mean, the birthday party has been booked for weeks now, so mm-hmm. we can't say like this birthday party idea just came up this weekend. So whether they flipped the script and originally Becky was going to be there, or this was always planned. I mean, at SmackDown 1000, they had that little confrontation with Batista and Triple H where they were definitely hinting at them doing a match. Mm-hmm. Whether this was always the plan for the next step, who knows? But mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see these next couple weeks because if anything, I'll say this. This last week of WWE programming, it felt different. It felt more unpredictable. It mm-hmm. felt fresher for the first time in a while. Yeah. And that's good. That's yeah, good. I can't absolutely. complain about it's that. A, it's a win for sure. Um, Just FYI. When Sting came out for the birthday party, I'm sorry. <laughs> this may be a super reach, but I, I feel like he wanted no parts to say anything to Rollins. Like, he stopped and talked, <laughs> he stopped and talked to everybody, and Rollins was there, and he was like, nope. <laughs> my, my neck has nothing to say to you. Yeah. <laughs> and Jamal, you want to add anything about uh, anything that you noticed that we haven't even spoke about yet? 
Um, I think uh, involving Dean Ambrose at this time is probably not the move to make long term. Uh, so I would uh, lobby against the Shield reunion. What, what, um, one, question, one question with that. Do you, do you, this is, I think this is literally the biggest question I have. We're talking about unpredictability here. Do you think Dean may actually, the whole, I think he's may, done. You think he's done? I think he's I, done. I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it, to be honest. That seems different. Saying somebody's not going to return or not going to sign. Never seen that happen before, but. I don't know, man. He I feel like he's picking up momentum. So I feel like, you know, maybe a change in his plans may 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 come about. But anyway, keep going. Well, I mean, when you consider where he came from, uh, that John Moxley character that probably got him noticed by WWE, and he obviously he'll never get a chance to do that on television because of a lot of reasons. Um, I think creatively, Dean Ambrose has been a bit stale. Um, a lot of people like him. Okay, cool. But do you see ever see Dean Ambrose in his current state headlining WrestleMania? Probably not. Uh, do you really see him in his current state, you know, being a future Hall of Famer? Uh, probably not. I mean, he'll good. He'll be good. You know, he has a bunch of titles, but he's not at that next level mm-hmm. face of the business echelon that 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 people that he that he honestly could be in if he were given something. And I think he's missing a spark. He hasn't had it in a while. And I think creatively and physically, it's time for him to go. Mm-hmm. And I think he knows that. And coincidentally, his, um, his, his time is almost up on his contract. And I would be very surprised, consider, not considering anything that I know, but just very surprised that he would continue to collect paychecks considering what he's done. And we've talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The Usos probably should leave. They've done it all. Creatively, they're not giving them anything that's going to take them to the next level. So one would argue that the Usos are top 10 greatest tag teams in WWE history. Mm-hmm. But where do you go from there? Because based on their track record, considering where they started and they were good, that change in character and persona, and that was good, and they made some indelible moments, where do you go from here? Well, you don't unless you give them... Um, you know, a dream tag team that's going to either come through or, you know, some NXT call up that's going to make like, you know, if Jordan and Gable were back or something like that, that's going to give them a five star you know, caliber match. So that's why I kind of think that Ambrose is he's on that level where he'll probably never get through like the door with the greats and be on like, you know, table of three in 20 years uh, or Legends House uh, 2040. Um, <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't think he's going to be. He's in. I don't think he's in that conversation. So, considering that's the case, um, I, I think he he may be better off doing something else, whatever that something else is. Now, obviously, he's not going to get the money that he wants, but if he wanted the money, then you know that's that's not good enough. So, I think he wants to creatively be a little bit more free uh, with his you know persona, and that's why I think he's done. And I would be very surprised. And then, obviously, the rumors about him being pulled from events um, in May, house shows and stuff like that, where he was previously advertised, have been changed and not reflect him being there. Um, I would be very surprised if, um, you know, John Ambrosia showed up at the Impact Zone. <laughs> Dude, okay, so I, I, I agree with that, except the one part I don't 
I'm not gonna say I don't agree, but the one part I will say that that is different is is the part of well, what do you give them more? And I feel like with how things are changing, the landscape of things, you got NXT people working the main roster, um, and obviously you got Sasha and Bailey who's gonna work NXT. I mean, if we're gonna continue to get more of that stuff, then you do legit get more matchups for the people. You don't necessarily get more accolades for them. But considering who we want to see the Usos work and who we may see want to see the revival work too of the most, you know, they got to be in everybody's top 10 of all tag teams in the world. You know, considering that you do, you had them kind of, you know, segregated to one brand at the, at some point they go through the, they go through that roster and then they're done. So now you're just like, well, now what? Well, so now- how about this? If you think about the, like the top 10, top 20 matches in WWE history, um, they're going to involve probably about five or six of the same guys. I mean, the, the top WrestleMania singles matches, because tag teams are something different, but the top singles matches in WWE history are more than likely going to involve everybody's favorites, whether it's The Rock or Shawn Michaels or Triple H, Steve Austin, The Undertaker, um, maybe later on with John Cena, Lesnar, possibly. Um, I can't really think of how many more there would be after that, but that's only 10 to 12 guys out of the 100 on the roster, two, 300 plus in the last 30 years. That's what we're talking about right now. And do you think that Dean Ambrose is going to get you know, a major, a meaningful uh, history-making feud with somebody based on his current character? You know what? Well, I've seen, I've obviously, we've seen success in people leaving and coming back. Um, Drew McIntyre being the staple of that. Or you can leave and, you know, you know, find your niche on the indies that may work. But I do agree that if Dean was to leave and come back, like, I think he's popular now, regardless of what he's doing. He's popular. He gets he gets plenty of meaningful, no, nah, well, I won't say meaningful segments, but he is getting tons of TV time each week. And, um, and he uh and you know he's getting matches he's getting uh backstage interviews or whatever so like you know and he gets a pop like people enjoy him but if he was to leave and come back i mean it it can only do nothing but help him if that's the route that he needs to take um i think i think dean ambrose is like calm alone you know and like the last few years with the lakers where like what? You know, you could be a legend in your own town, or you can go and like be actually great. First of all, we're never we're never gonna let you refer to that Carl Malone, Gary Payton, and who else? Is we know why they were there. They yeah, did we- it all except be in that history making uh, component, and in this case, winning an NBA championship. But the bottom line is, is that that's why they went to Los Angeles. Well, he's definitely popular enough to to be in a main picture or 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 spotlight for something. It's just a matter of how they work it. Um, and I think with leaving and coming back, that automatically creates the buzz for him. I mean, look, look is I mean, this is not a leaving coming back, but this is an injury and come back and look exactly what it's doing for Kevin Owens. Because before this, I don't, even, I can't even recall what Kevin Owens was doing. He had the little thing with Vince McMahon, but even that felt like a like a like a stretch of light. Well, let's to be just fair, he was gone for like what six months. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you know Kevin Owens was gone for three weeks and then you know then we started seeing vignettes and stuff like that. Uh, Kevin Owens has been gone for a minute, so a lot has changed. 
Awesome. Uh, hell, AEW didn't exist when Kevin Owens uh, <laughs> left. <laughs> I mean, guys, only been two months. <laughs> Beginning yeah. of the year, so we're coming just coming up on three months now of AEW existing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. as far as Dean, as far as Dean goes, it's like he's he's a guy that's always going to be in the mix just because he's just from his association with the Shield and those other two, especially if he's on the same brand as as Roman and and Seth. He's going to be in the mix. He's going to be protected. It's just a matter of can he crack through any bigger than that, I think is the big question. Um, mm-hmm. the, the heel turn they did with him was horrible, horribly done. It was a total mess. But I think that was straight up just a reaction to Roman having to leave. That was like they were going to turn him heel, but they weren't planning on doing it then. And just they totally mishandled that. I don't think he's like – damaged goods to the point that he can't be like fixed up and be something this ain't he i look at him and thinking okay this 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 dolph ziggler where they've done literally everything they can do with him and it's just it don't matter at this point um they they can do stuff with him and i'm sure they'll pay him damn well it's just a matter i guess it really comes down to what does he want to do now that now that roman's back i would say he's probably there's probably a better position now for him creatively. I agree. Depending what they wanted now that all three of them are there, than yeah. opposed to when he would this thing they had him doing on his own. So I, I mean, I think it, it goes back to this: given the time of year it is, what's what are the plans for after WrestleMania? That's what it comes down to in my mind. Yeah, you know, I think some... the I think the cold hard truth is uh, not Roman Reigns. Um, Dean Ambrose is a B plus player. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's about that's his fair. spot. Yeah. And that's, and a, that's a, not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, you know? he's a he's a B plus. You know, I got another comment uh, after the show about Scottie Pippen. By the way, I know this should be interesting, but um, remind me. But um, yeah, B plus player typically means somebody who could be an A plus player, but on a wrong team. I mean, let's just you know, for anybody who watched recent basketball, Kevin Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden was all on one team at a time. And can no one tell me that even as good as James Harden as well coming out of college, that that guy was in was your one or, or even considered your two on that team. And then he go to Houston and all of a sudden your man is an MVP caliber. So it's 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 primarily deals with the situation that you're put in that elevates your your talent. So for Dean to be a B plus right now in in the in the in the in the scenario where he's really not being used right or correctly or even of interest and not just of interest to fans, but all fans. Like he has his core base. That's going to rock with him forever. Whatever. But so does Zack Ryder, but that doesn't mean that like, I mean, I, it's a, that's a detriment to him being that far down the totem pole because he's like, I think he's a grand slam champion. Yeah. And you know, he definitely made his mark in the shield and, and stuff like that. And this isn't like he was a, a fair to Midland guy, um, and then he suddenly suddenly is in the spotlight, uh, kind of like Kofi Kingston is. Um, unfortunately, because Kofi's just been dealt a bad hand as far as like your meaningful career making storylines, instead of reduced to like that one spot at the Royal Rumble that he gets at every year. Um, Kofi, Kofi obviously should have had better. With that said. Now he's getting the chance, finally, as I think, well, what was it, Triple H called him, um, an 11-year um, underdog, or 11-year overnight success. I think, I think that's what I, I heard. And it's like, that's, a, that's the most BS backhanded compliment that you can give someone, but, it's, but, he's, but he's not wrong. 
Yeah. And Dean Ambrose has, is at a position, was at a position where the shield was one of the hottest things in WWE. And for whatever reason, you know, for a number of different reasons, it, it's not, you know, that way anymore. And it's like, well, you had your time. Uh, you, you've over, you're over the hump of the bell curve. I think it's time that you do something differently. Yeah. Okay. So let me just ask you a question. Dean Ambrose wasn't to leave WWE just despite the circumstance of him, of them saying he's not going to resign. What have, what would you have him do? Like realistically, he's a B plus he, he draws, I guess, but he, he definitely gets the pop for whatever he whatever he's doing. I mean, he'll face whatever he has been in these last few months, because I damn sure do not know. Uh, he was getting <laughs> cheers. He comes out, his music drop, he, he gets cheers. So you want to take that into, into consideration. But honestly, what would you have him do? Another staple? Okay, uh, so in, in, in a perfect world, if, if I were running WWE and, and my word was absolute, I would send him to NXT. Okay, and we but we but we're understanding that in this alternate universe, NXT is a main show and is respected as such. I think that his his style, his character, just fits better on NXT. Um, not because he's so like anti PG on Raw, it's just that he doesn't really he feels really out of place. Roman face is a big baby face. Uh, Seth Rollins is a big baby face, and. And Dean Ambrose is kind of like the goofy guy that they brought along. He was always the third wheel on the in the shield. At, at least that's how it, that's how he felt to me. Yeah, it wasn't. The, he's the combustible element in that group. Well, that's because Michael Cole had to call him the lunatic fringe seventeen right. times a match. Right. <laughs> but the bottom line is, this the shield was not a perfect triangle. It was more of like an isosceles where two of the sides were definitely longer than the other. So the idea is, I would send him to NXT and immediately star him in a program with Aleister Black. But that's not going to happen. So what, I would send him to SmackDown. I would send him to SmackDown, and I would immediately start him with a few with Daniel Bryan. Okay, I think that's which you I could easily cool. do. Yeah, oh, that easily. could easily that could yeah. easily that's that that was the big point I was going to say is the, the key with the key with Ambrose is he could easily be plugged in as a main eventer on either show. Just like that, they just ha they just have to get throw some gas on something to get him hot again, mm -hmm. and they could do it. He's he has enough credibility that they could do that. I would de could definitely more so see it on SmackDown. Him and Brian were great, or hell, or if they put the title on Kofi, if you want him to be a heel, you have him go against Kofi. I mean, that'd be another or, option too. Or if you keep him on Raw, you turn him super heel against uh, Roman and Seth, and talk about how he was always the underdog and. How uh, Roman's not necessarily faking it, but how you know the pity party's on him, and everybody looks up to the big dog. And honestly, that would be a, a despiteful angle well, of well, of Roman and and Seth versus uh, Ambrose could be pretty interesting. Well, here's the thing: they tried that, then the Roman thing happened, and then they quickly had to like try to make it work for what it was left of that. So they could go back to that. Or they could go back to what was happening before that happened of the shield thing. I mean, regardless, when you think about it, if you do have this timeline, I think there's more money to make with them making him a face and the shield thing again one last time for that. Um, because him being a heel and riding off really doesn't play dividends for the future on marketing and any type of merch merchandise they may want to do. But excuse me. Um, 
Well, it, it'll be interesting for sure. Um, I, 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 I would be interesting. I, I want to bring up one other thing too. We brought up NXT. So NXT obviously has had call up, shall we say, with Ricochet, Aleister Black for no uh, reason. For no reason. But is there is there is there a problem with that? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because it's for no reason. If you're not going to bring up guys and put them in meaningful storylines. Or if you're not going to bring up guys and admit that they're doing double duty on NXT and just completely burying that brand, if you're not going to bring up guys and you know have them with, that, with by it, the way. well, I don't agree with that. That second part, I, I think that's to be determined. Um, because well, I think based on what we know right now, uh, in the way that like they're not exactly promoting NXT concurrently with their uh, with their run with the four guys on WWE television. Yeah, yeah, they and, as, and as we see, they the NXT. Are. But as we see in NXT, um, the, the, their personas are very, very different. Gargano yeah. and Ciampa are not the same on NXT. Granted, that was taped last year. But Gargano and Ciampa are not the same on Raw as they are on NXT. There's some continuity issues there. It doesn't make sense. So, yeah, it's very clear they weren't planning for this on NXT TV. And then just Vince one day was like, uh, we want those guys on the show tonight. And yeah. it, just, it didn't matter what they had planned on NXT. Last last he night just, episode, he just worked. pulled them up here. Last night you episode know? seems to be a little bit more in rhythm, uh, because I I watched last night episode for a number of reasons. We'll talk in a second, but I definitely watched to see the continuity between the two. Here's my thing: I'm cool with them being just called up for no reason, because you give them, you bring them up one by one. Well, actually, let's just talk about <laughs> the tragedy of them bringing people up and saying they were going to call them up. Heavy Machinery, EC3, Laura Sullivan. Where are those guys at? And yeah, what happened to EC3? It, He's missing yeah, an action. Yeah. Is that <laughs> is did that strategy work? Absolutely not. So you just get them out there. You you know, you give them, you know, when they get them out there, you give them a little bit of knowledge about who they who they are. Um, hell, when um when uh who was it yesterday? When Ricochet came out yesterday. They showed the video clip of some of the stuff that he was doing in the NXT, which I was like, ah, that, that's key to me there. Because if you're watching on TV, you don't watch it in NXT, you're just like, oh, okay, I see what he's doing there. And, you know, the person he's obviously feuding with and whatever it may be. So, you know, I, I feel like it's dual strategies on how to uh, implement NXT people onto the main roster brand where they have – the first strategy was we got five people coming up. We don't know what roster, which we're sure they're going to go on, but we're going to try to give them storylines and plug them in. And then you have option two, which was saying, well, we have four guys. They're going to work both brands, and we're just going to insert them into matches. They need to do a better job of bridging the gap between the end, the end of NXT and the beginning of the main roster. And they don't, and that's why I feel so disjointed. Um in sports, it's a progression. There's uh, a, a college's uh, first player's senior season. Um, then they commit to the draft. They have the combines and stuff. And then draft day. Boom. Movies have been made about that. In WWE, it's, oh, it's Ricochet. Cool. Why is he here? <laughs> okay, whatever. And it doesn't, there's no continuity there. There's no, there's no bridging. Uh, there and what they should do, and it's really hard to do now because NXT fans that make up some portion of the raw audience knows. I mean, they're they're in. So when you see a person at, at a takeover before a big major pay per view drop a belt for the first time in two years, 
you go, all right, thanks. Uh, you did your job. Congratulations for moving up. It's, it's, the, it's not a secret anymore. So when they come on their own um, Raw and, they're, and they surprise everybody, like the Ascension did, like the Valvillians did, it's kind of like, okay, uh, cool. <laughs> Who are you and why should we care? And Michael Cole saying that they were the former NXT championships uh, champions, or uh, they made you know they were undefeated in NXT, means about as much as throwing fifty thousand yards of the CFL when you come to uh, in the NFL. Right. No one gives a yep. good goddamn what you did somewhere else. Yeah. Well, and also the, that's the problem they ran into last week. They debuted all those guys last week in Lafayette, Louisiana, and they brought them out there, and people are throwing a fit because the crowd didn't care, and it's like. They found the one darn town where nope. people obviously did not watch nope. NXT there. And they I don't did think not that's know. the one town. No, 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 no. This was the epitome of the one town that had no, no clue. I think the- that's a traditional casual audience. That is the epitome of a casual WWE airtight. This is the WWE universe and nobody's allowed to sit here. Audience. That's the key. That's the that's the key of why you need to introduce these guys, because not everyone watches NXT, and they have so, to. So hit then, that, how do you do that? that spot. We need that. I think you got to do a combo of like you know how they were doing the other guys. Where you got to do some like the old days with some vignettes or I was something. About to say that got, vignettes. Yeah, you well, got you got to like and you got to show footage of these guys. You got to introduce who they are, who their character is, and all that. Other than just throwing them out there and being like, okay, here's this guy Ricochet. Take a look. Check well, him out. Well, well you know yeah. what? I don't have Paige, a problem with it. Paige didn't lose the NXT title when she went to the main roster. Right? Nor did Kevin right. Owens. No, no, neither did Kevin Owens. They both gave the belt up and said, all right, thanks. Cool. I'm out. Yeah, right. awesome I think, too. Uh, yeah, actually. I, but I think that if you... Oh, yeah. True point. If you have that, uh, since everybody treats NXT as developmental still... As if it's you know minor league you know ball, then cool. It doesn't matter that they lose in NXT because the whole goal, the elephant in the room, is wearing a shirt that says Raw or SmackDown. So why not just have them be introduced with the belt on their waist, whichever one it is, and say, listen, um, not every single time, obviously, because there's some people that won't have the belt. But I'm still fearful that Velveteen Dream is not going to work the same way on the main roster. Go ahead. I was going to say, well, they have not foreshadowed. They haven't even let him lick or smell the main roster. No nope. rumble, no no anything. So, I, I, you know, I feel like you have the absolute most, like, sophisticated case in that, in that statement. He's the one person that I feel like they want to be absolutely sure. And they're using all the test dummies in the world to make sure that he's the one that works. Yep. You well, can't call everybody up. So you got to leave some people down there. Yeah. So. No, no, but yeah, but but eventually everybody should be called up. But right. here's the, the here's idea. the problem. Uh, Lacey Evans, who uh, got called up for whatever reason, <laughs> it doesn't work, and that's that's what we that's been the another problem with NXT in existing in its current form. Um, Balor's crowd uh, works. Like there's, I mean, honestly. Until they put NXT on the same respectability, uh, level of respectability with the main roster, we're going to have this problem. We, we have people that are geared towards a certain audience. 
college age males, you know, 18 to 25 versus a family of six from Lafayette, Louisiana. That's mm-hmm. not the same crowd. And I think that yep. Velveteen Dream, Lacey Evans, Nikki Cross, um, heavy, well, maybe not heavy machinery. But Dude, heavy machinery could work anywhere. I think that gimmick is generic enough where they can work anywhere. Yeah, it's just, just big, two big guys. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, you know, bah, and, and just, you know, team with Strowman and, and have him be a thing. But, <laughs> That's but realistically, though, I, I'm very fearful. Not, and again, nothing to do with uh, their in-ring acumen. But Velveteen Dream, I don't know how well that works. And, can we, I, and we can count on how, on one hand, in the four years that NXT has been a thing, that people, that, it, that it's actually worked well. So let me ask this, Jamal. Let me let me throw this back to you in, in this way. And first of all, you know, sorry I'm late, guys. You know, when work calls, you got to step to the side. And I do want to say, um, back in October, you were right, uh, Jamal, by how leukemia probably made, and you probably already talked about this already, leukemia made Roman Reigns the biggest uh, face of all time on WWE. So I just want to give you shout-outs for that and what that you called that back in October. Um, but to answer your, <laughs> to answer your question, I want to – or I want to ask you a question, rather, to that point. If you think about the characters that's been on NXT for like the past two years, could you say, because you know how Vince is a character-driven guy. Every time he wants to build, somebody wants to build it off character. Do you feel like there's been any NXT character, you know, since it's been on the WWE Network that has really worked for what will be on the main roster template? I don't see any character that's been built except for Velveteen Dream, because he really took that character and made it a part of himself. I think every other... Let me ask you this. Go ahead. I understand what you're saying. Let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. Um, Biggest guys, the face of the company for WWE, Hulk Hogan, John Cena, Roman Reigns, right? Right. What the hell is their character? (laughs) Big and strong. Honestly, I would say... No, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they can't draw a dime. Obviously, right, right, they're the right. face of the company. Right, but there's a right. difference between a Randy Savage, who is at the conversation of the greatest of all time in WWE, yes. but not the face of the company, right. like Hulk Hogan was. And I would so, say, to answer your question, I would say their character is what CM Punk used to always say. It's a tune-up of who they really are. Yourself those- turned up to 11. Yes, no, but that's, exactly. but that's okay. Let's say that's every wrestler. But realistically, though, when you look, there's a difference between the New Day coming out in a giant box of Cheerios uh, dressed as Super Saiyans and then later throwing pancakes at people <laughs> when they were originally supposed to be like a Kirk Franklin, God's, uh, God's Disciples uh, type of a thing. Correct. And then that's an actual character. You know, that, that's a character. But the right. biggest people in WWE, The Rock, uh, Steve Austin, uh, Hulk Hogan, John Cena, Triple H. They were just regular guys that, you know, did irregular things. But with, let me ask this, though, and, and just to push back, and I understand and agree with that, but do you think The Rock is a character of Dwayne Johnson? Do you think CM Punk is a character of CM, I mean, Phil Brooks? I mean, do you think, even at that time, going back to his original name, do you think Steve Austin is a character of Steve Williams? You know, would you would you say that or would you say they're still one and the same person? Because, I mean, if you see Dwayne Johnson on the street, it's not the same person as you see The Rock. But they're in essentially the same person. But one is a bigger character of the other. 
Well, okay, but but I see. Okay, so the, the difference between what I'm saying is is that uh, they're they're wrestling personas because God uh-huh. only knows who they are at home. Um, is uh, Steve Austin actually a wife beating drunk? Well, ex Deborah. Well, yeah, right. Uh, right. <laughs> is 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 CM Punk a sanctimonious prick? Well, I mean, <laughs> well, at, there you go. I mean, uh, ex Cabana. He may know. Yeah. Okay, so I feel like we're getting just a little, a little bit off the, the main, the main point here, and that's this: how in the world are you going to get the NXT people on the roster to, to, to work? And I just, I really feel like what they're doing now is fine. You give them TV times, you give them matches each week, you give them some video packages with it. Um, the champions, Tommaso Champa comes out with his title still. Champa's hurt. That, huh? Campus hurt. No, he's not. I, and, and did he like ruin his knee? It looked his like he messed, messed it up, up in that match. His, on his Smackdown, knees messed up and his neck's messed up. Okay. Yeah, he's hurt. Yeah. Okay. Well, I watched again, I watched the Hulu version, so I don't know what matches get cut from this last week. I didn't watch on live. Um, but he was there, he had his belt, uh, whatever. And you know, uh Johnny had his belt the first week, lost it, yeah, went back on NXT, talked about losing it. Um and talked about how he's doing his thing representing NXT on SmackDown and Raw. I mean, at this point, I do understand that there's a big worry and, and, and fear that they won't bridge the gap between NXT and, and the WWE main roster brands. But at the same time, there's a lot of evidence here saying that they're trying. Hell, Bailey and Sasha took their new women's tag team champions and went down to NXT and say we're going to defend them here. So the right. line step up. It, do you think so, that that's because of the fact that they have such a robust tag women's tag team division on either Raw or SmackDown? Yeah, because never really knows your tag I just think I just think it's a strategy for for something they're trying to do. I mean, we're seeing shuffling pieces being moved all over. We've seen Miriam work Jenny on NXT UK. We've seen Catches Ono versus Walter on NXT UK, and we're seeing pieces from left and right. Up and down. So now, you know, and now we're seeing, you know, up come down and down go up. We're seeing things shift all over. There's enough evidence that's saying that they're trying to bridge this gap. Now it's just the weight game to see what is the overall end game to this. And I literally think the end game here is the Fox deal. I think October, we're going to see, you know, a, a big change and a, a substantial change in, in demeanor and how everything's done. Let me let me add this to you, what you say. And I agree with just about everything you said. But I want to go back to something that Will said that was missing. The vignettes, and, and, and of course, that's the same as the video packages. But the vignettes, I think, is something that needs to be recreated or redone to bring back. Because the, a one vignette that will always be memorable in my head was Alberto Del Rio when he came in. I was like, I had no idea who this guy was. But just looking at those vignettes to propel how his character was when he debuted, it matched, it flowed. And even though the Los Matadores, they didn't last very long, you could, everybody can admit those vignettes made you interested to see, oh, can this thing really work? So when they come out and debut for the first time, you have enough teasers, just like trailers for movies, for mm-hmm. them to you know, have before they, they come on. I think going back to that is, is, is key, but I think what, what WWE is, is failing is they're losing ratings, so they're getting desperate and trying to do small things. And even though, like you said, bringing the belt on from NXT, you know, and expose them into different things you just mentioned that I won't restate, it's just sometimes those vignettes for a 30-second clip can actually do a lot of wonders 
for how their character will have those reactions. I think until uh, people from NXT had their characters allowed a time to develop into something that's palatable for the main roster, uh, some people do it faster than others. But if you look at Becky Lynch um, and what she's doing right now, arguably the best stuff since she's been in WWE compared to literally dancing like a damn lum- um, uh, leprechaun in NXT. Um, <laughs> if you look at Alexa Bliss, obviously changing uh, between the whole, you know, from an actual pixie dust blowing cheerleader to tagging up with uh, Blake and Murphy to going by herself. Um, you know, I think that, again, that character had time to develop for the main roster. There is a difference here. And I think that there is a trend, um, where we've seen characters, uh, have a chance to develop and, and change it to what the main roster needs them to be instead of, um, this is the smooth transition from NXT. Kevin Owens, honestly, really is the only one that I can think of off the top of my head that really had a, a easier time. Because Kevin Owens is his character. I mean, he's that's the same character that he did at Ring of Honor. It's not too much different than when the cameras are off. He's, you know, Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, you know, if they're not going to bridge the gap and elevate NXT to the level of respectability as a legit third brand, um, they need to just take them off NXT. Let us forget forget about them. They can work the house shows or, or, you know, dark matches and stuff like that on the main roster and have them debut in six months. You know, like, that's, just, take them, just, just take them off the yeah. air after, um, after SummerSlam and have them come back and for, for a fast lane in your house. Well, that's what's going to happen to that first group of people. <laughs> because um, <laughs> that strategy didn't work. And hmm. I, don't think there's no, I don't think there's an investment in it at all. But yeah, to yeah. Marcella's point, they've been showing videos now. I mean, they're, going, they're mm-hmm. slowly but surely doing them, and then you know you're getting you get acclimated with their move set, their background. I mean, you know, I just think it's just a matter of time. And hell, they're, do, they're giving them double duty. They're saying, look at them on Raw, look at them yep. on SmackDown. Yeah. Them they're on not locked in yet. Yeah, and which is good. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's uh, when you think about what's happening. I just don't see. I, I I understand the concern, but I definitely think it's a let's see how this ultimately plays out. And on top of that, you have to get some of these guys up or moved around or or working or or, or brand switch whatever you want to whatever you wanted to be because you have a whole nother class of people coming in instantly. NST UK designed five big names. And then we know that NST just signed a rally of people. And on top of that, those are the people that's announced. Again, mm-hmm. like I said before, these people that's been saying that they're free agents out there in, in wrestling, and AEW didn't show them, they're in WWE. The proof is in the pudding. They they will be in that takeover <laughs> crowd. And that's just what it's going to be. So you do have another class that's going to be coming in. So... You know, if you legitimately want to build this ultimate big empire and global domination, you have got to get, you know, people familiar with who's what, especially your big names that you don't need to develop. Alistair Black, Champa, uh, uh, Gargano, Gargano, and Ricochet. Mm -hmm. Those guys are veterans within wrestling. Those guys have been doing it as long as most people have been doing it. So you automatically know you know how they know how to work a map. It's just about of working a WWE crowd, and the only way you're going to learn that is by getting in there. Right. 
There's no way yeah. you're gonna you're gonna you, you you can't. It's not even about so much the exposure. It's about legitimately getting reps in. You know what I mean? Yep. So yeah, I think. Oh, and that- also Gar- Gargano and Ciampa, especially and Black too. They've been down in NXT for you know. Well over a year. I mean, God, last year WrestleMania, they were all on the darn takeover show. So there's, I mean, there's only so much time you can give these guys in NXT before it's like, okay, you got to move on. Now, mentioning Alexa Bliss earlier, I think she's a really good example. I used her this week when people were talking about uh, why they bringing up Lacey Evans, why they doing anything with her. She ain't ready, and it made me. It reminded me a lot of Alexa Bliss because. Alexa Bliss is someone who really didn't have some big star-studded run in NXT. You know, she wasn't known for her matches there. She wasn't part of the big women's division. She never held the belt. She was part of the tag team with Blake and Murphy. And then they called her up, and it was, I think, essentially a case of, okay, either you're going to sink or you're going to swim. And once she was on SmackDown, she improved very, very quickly as far as a character went and made a role for herself for her it worked out but she's absolutely someone who when she got the call up it was like i don't know about this i don't what she done in nxt that's been so special but -hmm. it worked out for her but then there's plenty of people like the vaude villains and the ascension and you know uh what's his name uh adam rose who like (laughs) were in nxt (laughs) it's just that you know the, 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 the folks who fell by the wayside who just didn't work out right you know they're not all going to work out, but yeah. some of them, I think you get to the point where it's like, okay, this is it. You got to, either you're going to make this work or that's it. Yeah. But even the bigger names like Bo Dallas and Neville and uh, the Wyatt family, you know, it's like something had to happen and, and change. And that's kind of what it was. Like the, they, their, their characters were great for NXT. Bo Dallas had a hell of a run in NXT. Sure right. is. That is not main roster, uh, uh, you know, conducive for main roster talent, though. And that's no. that's just what it is. And, and we, yeah. we've seen the results of that. Yeah, that's absolutely another problem, too, that they've had that they I think they still have now is that there are definitely gimmicks they come up with for NXT that will work great in a small venue but in a giant arena are going to fall flat on their face. And like Adam Rose, the Vaude villains, no way Jose. Those were all guys that from the beginning, seeing them in NXT, I was like, this ain't going to work. Correct. In the long haul, this is not going to translate. I mean, the big hell, the Ascension from day one, I was like, these guys, they're presenting them like they're the damn road warriors. They show up on raw and they're going to be half the size of Kane. This is not going to work in the long run. It's like you can't you can't make you know a guy who looks like a cell phone salesman into like you know act like he's Brock Lesnar. It ain't gonna right. work. That well, actually now- would be pretty awesome if a dude in like a T Mobile shirt came out there and he was like totally <laughs> jacked like Tyson Tomko just came out right. there in a T Mobile kind of shirt and just started like heel kicking everybody when um they they should do that. They should totally do that. Hell of a brand market. <laughs> See, the key is you got to look the part. If you look the part, it'll work. But that that one dude in the Ascension, the smaller one, he's just – I mean, that dude is small. Yeah. Uh, for like the main roster. Oh, 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 uh, you talking about uh, – uh, Is it Victor? Yeah. It's Victor and uh, Victor and Connor. Yeah. Which, one, which one's the small one? I don't Connor. know. Connor. I think Connor. Forget, one, of forget forget one of them is me. Does anyone actually small, care? Yeah. There you go. But the small here's ones – here's, here's, here's my last note, and then I'm, we're going to quickly move because we're at our time. The fact of the matter is you guys have elaborated on tons of cases that have failed. 
And the one common denominator about that is that the strategy to implement them on the main roster was all the same. This mm, automatically no. bring them up. And besides Kevin Owens, besides yeah, but that's, 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 that's woefully untrue. Uh, because a lot of people, you know, no way, so no way Jose had a, like a big introduction on Raw and he got the big push. That didn't work. His, his, because his, the common denominator is that their character either needed time to develop. For and, and acclimate to the main roster, or die. Okay, but that's, and that's, that's my, and that's what Tyler Breeze is. That, but that's my that's my point is that they said this person's coming to the main roster soon. Oh, this person's here, and instead of them just inserting that person and giving them reps to let the character do it, but yet still considering them the NXT brand, they have not been doing that. Put it this way: if Ricochet doesn't work, remember his banner always said NXT. And that he was on NXT that night, and that he was still touring with NXT, and he's still proving himself in NXT, but yet proving himself in the main roster. So the liability of saying he's on the main roster like permanently isn't there. So this is the way of getting that person wrapped and saying, Oh, send him back to AAA. You know, he's not MLB ready yet. So you, but, you know what would be what would be cool for Ricochet or or any of them, the singles guys, like any of them, uh EC3 and, and all that stuff. If Daniel Bryan were to do kind of what they did with Paige and say, I'll fight anybody. Give me anybody. And then this goofy kid comes out there from NXT. We already disrespect him because he's NXT, because it's NXT. And Daniel Bryan and Ricochet go a half an hour. Maybe he wins. Maybe he doesn't. I don't care. Well, that's, that's, but, that's kind of what you need time. Ali. Right. So, exactly. And, and it worked. You know. Um, but then he got hurt at the wrong time. I'm not sure if he's, he's concussed, I believe, is, is what's happening. But either way, you're starting to see a change in strategy, and I think it shows a positive sign, considering that we know what a lot of this talent can do. We always feared what's going to happen of how they're being used. My fear plus my the change and the unknown of seeing something different from what they used to gives me a little bit of relief saying that, I think there's going to be something good to come out of this. So, you know, to be very critical is absolutely fine. But to be like, oh, it would never work still is just, you know, or, you know, the typical, oh, they're being misused again or whatever. I just think it's blatantly ignorant at this point where we just need to just let it show. Because, yeah, to your point, it still could happen where Ricochet could say, well, I'll try to shoot Danny Bryan out of nowhere or whoever it may be. Or or Champa if he's not hurt because I'm, I'm I'm sorry I don't know his his current status a champion versus champion NST imagine a main roster person winning the NST championship could you imagine how that could work or how crazy that would be I mean it's typically and again we just seen Tyler Breeze go down there and they highlighted it on Raw so I just think that that announcement that Triple H and the McMahon's made earlier uh, this year about how we're going to get all the matches we want and we're going to see a change of things they're living up to that promise right now. And I think we just need more time, especially right after WrestleMania, to see what they do. Right now, it doesn't feel like they're getting, they're going back set in their ways. Right now, we're we're seeing a lot of change, different, and uncertainty, and and unpredictability as normal. So we'll see. Anyway, let's let me just go over a quick few quick things real quick. Um, you guys, I'm super excited about this, and I hope you guys did get a chance to look at this uh, last night on NXT television. But we did get the long-awaited match that I've been waiting to see on WWE <laughs> programming and Keith Lee versus Don, uh, Don, it, 
formerly known as Donovan Dijak, uh, currently known as I'm Dijakovic. Dijakovic. There's nothing to get there. We know how this happens in, in WWE. <laughs> yes, <I know. laughs> there's nothing to get. We, we, we know. Soon to be Dijak again, I'm sure, eventually. <laughs> right, or just by Dijak. That's his name, Dijak. Yeah. It's, not, it's, it's, it's just going to be Dijak. That's and I'm cool it. with that. I'm cool with that. If we get back to that point, then we're cool. But anyway, everyone and anybody who's ever seen these two guys work on the indies and ever seen these two guys work against each other knows that it is pure chaos. And you see two guys at their weight, Keith Lee living up to his name and being limitless, putting on and doing things and going beyond the 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 the, the they're just going beyond the limit of 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 expectancy of what these guys can do. They always surprise hell. I've had I've I've, I've been a victim of Keith Lee uh, in the crowd being thrown at out there. So. It's 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 just good to see these guys actually make it to this point and be able to work against each other. Um, um, if you got some time, you should go listen to our two interviews with both of them that's been on the show. But the reason I want to bring it up is because we all know and we all fear what happens when they get to NXT or WWE. Will they be able to, you know, still wrestle the style they've been wrestling on the Indies or whatever? And last night, I think we got a hell of a good glimpse that like. And as they've been saying on social media, there's still more to come between the two of them. But um, if you guys got to see it, just quickly, your thoughts and, or just feels about these two colossals actually getting able, being able to wrestle each other and just how special it's going to be for the fans who have no clue. <laughs> well, they, they gave a little, a little taste last night of what a lot of folks saw. What was it, two years ago now at WrestleMania yes. weekend? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On those Evolve shows and all those other indie shows that were mm-hmm. happening. I mean, those those two took that match around the horn. Yeah. And all, all kinds of indies and Evolve and all kinds of places. So yeah. if you've seen it before, or even if you haven't, it's out there. It's, it's There's a lot of places you could look it up, and I'm sure you yeah, can find Pete, that the, match. The, the Battle of LA is the one you want to watch. That's, That's right. PWG, WrestleMania weekend, they did it two years back in New Orleans. Um there's yeah, the, the, I think the big interesting thing now is going to be they gave a little taste last night. I'm really hoping the idea was we're giving you this taster because we're going to do it again in Brooklyn WrestleMania weekend. Mm-hmm. That's my hope is what they're trying to do. We yeah. shall see. But I love what they're doing as I coined it last night. WWE's inching closer and closer to giving us that new show 305 live. And they'll be the <laughs> they'll be the, the centerpiece of it. That, the super heavyweight cruiserweight style. <laughs> you are silly for that. Look, there's no doubt that Triple H seen and heard the buzz what was going on WrestleMania's uh WrestleMania weekend when they were down in Florida. And had to figure out what was going on that was creating such a buzz on the internet that was not anything WWE related. And sure enough, and again, you could go listen to our interviews to collaborate the story, the stories. But sure enough, um, they were heavily recruited by this guy to make sure that at some point that he had both of these guys on the roster. So it is p- sweet poetic justice to see both of these two getting ready to start their feud around WrestleMania season, which I do hope, as Will said, that we do get the ultimate match between the two of them um, come that weekend. We've seen them. um, Last night was just a glimpse. It was a double count out. Well done. But we hope that the big one 
the big ones display it opens up takeover could you the tone could you imagine being set for that night considering that you got that as your first match that's going to be crazy so uh if you if you don't if you haven't if you wasn't familiar with it go do your homework now because you're going to you're in for a treat for sure um but um i think i got everything i think i got I think I covered everything. Uh, we want to definitely give also a shout out to Willow Nightingale, who just ooh just had to get unexpected surgery for a neck injury. So we, from our team, wish her speedy recovery as yep. she is a friend to the uh, BGB fam. So yeah, Willow, speedy recovery. Hope to see you back in the ring soon. Um, and also on other news, um, Lufisto has announced on her social media that she will be retiring very soon. Um, and there's a very uh, heartfelt um, article on her Facebook page and shared all over uh, the internet about her retirement. And, you know, anybody who's not familiar with Lefisto, she's the first shine champion. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost, it is impossible to talk about women's wrestling. If you're not going to talk about Lefisto, somebody who's been doing it, Day in and day out on the indies, and you know, absolute one of the best. Um, has faced anybody and everybody, accredited to training a lot of current talent um on the uh and in in um a lot of talent, excuse me, a lot of talent right now out in the professional wrestling world, and um and you know, just recently beat cancer herself. Um, to come back and still wrestle, um, been on a, a bum knee for a very long time and still continues to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is definitely a sad but humble day to hear that Lufisto um, is uh, going to be retiring. Considering that the elevation of women's wrestling, when you want to talk about you know the highlight and 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 recognition that people are getting and the platforms such as the main class of people are being able to work. You know, she's somebody that you legitimately wish get get and received every bit of the recognition because of just the numerous years of hard work on the independent scene. And even like I said, even throughout uh, working on a bad knee and anybody that knows, you know, independent wrestling, you know, they got to pay for their own insurance and stuff like that. They're private contractors and still being able to make meet and make every date. Um, train people having their own promotion at times. Um, and like I said, beating cancer and then coming back immediately. I mean, you, you, you don't get no tougher than that. So that's, you know, that's my tidbit about Lufisto and what she's done for uh, the, the world of professional wrestling. Anybody anything to add to that? Um, very well said. I just want to add to, to that. Um, and even though I made a comment about what, uh, about Jamal Tease, about the leukemia, of course, you know, about people beating cancer, just what you just mentioned there uh, to James. Um, as the March 1st is coming around the corner tomorrow, and hopefully the weather will start to warm up at some point, uh, just keep in mind that as you see things that you want to support, as people do their many battles, um, just take time to go through walks or donate through causes, because during the summertime, that's when a lot of promotions do their, you know, marches, marches or walkers for, for different activities. And if you have a group of friends that would like to just support one of those causes, you know, take time to do that. It's always good to give back to those causes because it does make, you know, time for research and opportunities for people like the Fist of Roman Reigns, you know, to to increase their chances of survival. So if you have a chance to do that, um, take time just to walk or donate to that because it's always a good cause. 
Right on. Well said. Well said. Um, any other comments from you guys before we get out of here for today? Um, yeah, I got one thing. So, did you see the um, the Twitterins from uh, Ronda <laughs> Rousey and Becky Lynch? Please give it. Please <laughs> cut it right now. Let's get it. I forgot all about this. I was reading it in the beginning of the show. That's why I was kind of quiet. But yes, yeah, so what, what, what's the highlights right now? All right. So I'm just going to read it verbatim, and I'm going to start with Becky Lynch uh, saying, uh, "Eight o'clock, February 26th, which was two days ago. So just as SmackDown starts, Ronda." You go back and get that belt because I didn't come this far to collect it from Stephanie. I came all the way. I came all this way to take it from you. Ronda responds, "But that's what I'm trying to do, dumbass. You're hobbling around to be a ginger crutch ninja, taking the fake prison photos in the hallway isn't helping." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Becky responds, "Keep that f word out of your mouth and concentrate on getting better at this business instead of trying to remain above it. Look forward to seeing you real soon." <laughs> Rhonda responds, F word, you mean fake? Fake like your nonsensical BS quote arm bar that doesn't even work and it looks like you're holding the dick you wish you had? <laughs> Becky Lynch. Huh. It does look like exactly like one now that you mention it. And at the end of um, yep, Rhonda's fist is her uh, Rhonda's husband. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, obviously, you know, that F word blew up uh, the interwebs today with people pitching a fit that how dare Rhonda use that word in relation to wrestling. <laughs> um, five hours ago, Rhonda Rousey, Rebecca Quinn, I don't care what the script says. I'm beating the living shit out of you next time I see you. Oh. But then what's interesting is. Uh, somebody tweeted that and it says, oh, it's time for Rebecca Quinn to make a call. And he puts a gif of Holly Holm. So right. uh, <laughs> the internet has, uh, you know, no chill. But it will be interesting. And, and of course, uh, WWE is not really pleased that this exchange is going on. But it's probably the most interesting thing that they've done, uh, storyline-wise, in uh, a couple weeks. Yeah. Oh, and we man. still got a month till the match. So how are they going to keep it going? They got to keep raising the bar somehow. Yeah, I guess so. That's that's how you got to work it now. You know, work your social media. People are all paying attention to it. They got all those followers. So, you know, somebody's paying attention and retweets get can make things go viral. That's that's going to be funny. Hell, we need we need we need to get them some um some uh some MCs so they can drop some of these bars in the in the in the studio, man. I, I'll be well, it's not it's that. not PG. We we have to keep it PG, people. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, is that it, guys? Is that all we got for the week? That is it. That okay. is it. Put That's a, all the big stuff. Put a fork in it. Hey, look again. Thanks for tuning in this week. As I said in the beginning of the show, um, step over to our website. Ton of stuff there. Merch. Patreon content coming out, WrestleMania weekend, and, and more. Um, and also stay tuned for our mega show next week, which will be featuring three other podcasts, an exclusive roundtable style show where we will debate um, some of the hottest topics from some of the hottest podcasts and some of the most intelligent and well respected uh, brands out there. So you want to stay tuned to that for sure. Uh, but until then, peace out, and we will catch you guys next week.